Hello, and welcome to the MXU Worship Podcast hosted by Stephen Brewster. Each episode features great conversations between Stephen and all kinds of worship leaders, from the most prolific songwriters from prominent churches to folks you may have never heard of. Either way, we hope that these resources and conversations will encourage, equip, and empower you to be the best worship leader you can be. Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast, too, so you can stay up to date on all of our episodes and other resources. Let's get to the interview. Welcome to the MXU Worship Podcast. Today, we have a guest, Brandon Lake. Brandon, thank you for hanging out with us today and taking some time. Brand new baby, so you're taking time away from your brand new baby to talk to worship leaders. That's pretty awesome. Man, I have to be home. It's been the best time ever. And uh, man, so stabilizing after being on the road for what feels like a year straight. <laughs> um, two, two and a half months, you know, is it feels like oh, when you're on the road, it feels like a year. And so it's been so good. No question. Well, and I, yeah. I always joke, you know, I get the, the, the gift of getting to talk to worship leaders all, all over the country. And I always joke that you're the little baby of worship music, like little babies <laughs> on everybody's track. And you, you're the little baby of worship music. And I love it. I'm so proud of you. And I love the, the way that you've impacted the, the capital C church, but how you're still committed to the local church. We're going to get into all of that, but first, how has it been adjusting to a new baby? Um, man, I'll say, you said I'm the little baby of, of worship. I will say that is better than being called COVID of worship because people were tagging me in posts. It was like, Brandon likes the COVID of worship. Everybody's got them. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'll take that. I'll take little baby, but no, I have um, to give respect, and, like because little baby's doing his thing, you're doing your thing. You're definitely not a yeah. like a killer f- disease. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that would that would be horrible. Yeah, so I like that that uh, that comparison a lot better. I'm transit, you know, coming home. Um, you know, I learned so much from my first tour with Bethel um, how to not come home to where I put in tools, tools in place to where when I come home now, um, I know there's a transition kind of period, a transition time. My wife is way more aware of the things that I'm mentally going to battle. Um, I'm more aware of, of that because you're coming off of a mountaintop, right? Right. You know, you're, uh, you're essentially on a high for however long you're out and your adrenaline is just always being expended, right? And then you come home and you crash. And, and so me and, and my family this time have, you know, even with having a baby a few days after I got home, uh, you know, I got home and we just had as much fun as we possibly could. Fun with the fam is the answer for me. That's what we've been focusing on. That is just so healthy for me. My church also, I think it's very important that they're aware of what I'm coming off of and that I can't just immediately jump back into picking back up a lot of responsibilities. And so they've been so gracious in um, that transition time when I come back home to not put too much on me and to let me, you know, very, um, at a a slower pace transition back into local church, you know, there's not much responsibility other than just being on the weekend, um, which for me, uh, like I said, it's so stabilizing. It's so healthy for me, you know, a tree planted by the stream is going to be one that grows. And when I come home, I grow and I get life and I feel refreshed. And so this honestly coming off of this tour, being home right now, I'm feel the refreshing from God, um, just being around a really great church and really great friends. 
Yeah, and I want to talk about that because I saw some posts that you did a couple days ago. But before we get to that point, uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got started in worship leader. I mean, your dad, you, I don't know if I've ever even told you this before, but like when I was coming up in like church leadership stuff, your dad was like like the Jay-Z of like yeah. church leadership. So like <laughs> I was like, I was like, Mac Lake, that dude is the bomb. If I could be like him someday, that would be awesome. And now I get to be <gasps> friends with you, which is a totally different thing. But so your dad was in ministry. It's obviously, so he was very influential in, in what he did and, and just brought a ton of leadership um, lessons to yeah. a lot of people in church. How did you get started leading worship? Like, was it just a supernatural yeah. thing that happened or how did it go? Definitely not supernatural. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, much like other worship leader stories, I kind of got started because all my friends just begged me to, to, to sing really started with guitar. Um, and not because I sounded good, but just because you know, we always needed somebody to lead small group <laughs> worship or right. youth group worship. And, but, but before the singing started, um, which I kind of refused to do for the longest time, um, I just remember seeing this kid. I remember his name is Will and he played a BC rich electric guitar. It had more angles and jagged edges than you've ever seen more than a <laughs> razor blade. This guitar was the most metal looking thing ever. And he's playing like Pharaoh, Pharaoh and uh, <laughs> God of God of wonders. And I remember thinking this, this dude is so cool. I want right. to be like him. And my dad had a guitar in the house. And so he, he taught me G, C, D and E minor. And then bro, I just I went from there. I had the typical, like, you know, two weeks in giving up my fingers hurt too bad. And then I picked it back up and, and I ran with it. And then after, you know, so much of people annoying the heck out of me, asking me to sing. I finally tried it, hated it at first. Cause it was, you know, that vulnerable, yeah, right. Um, I feel like everybody was just peering into me, my soul and, and seeing every, you know, like when, it, and so I just hated it. And then, you know, we still needed somebody. So I, <laughs> and if this is not the story of my life, it's just, man, when you show up and when you give God your yes, even when, um, you're shaking in your boots. And even when it might not even be what you want to do, but you know, for some reason, like that gut feeling, like God's asking you to do it. Um, and he may be using your friends. He may be using your parents or whatever it is, but like, you have that gut feeling like for some reason, God's asking me to do this, inviting me to do it. When you say yes, like there's always a reward and there's yeah. always blessing and there's always favor. And so, man, that's like the story of my life is like, you know, there's still days I don't want to get up and, and lead. And there's days I'm like, what, you know, but I just try to stay faithful. And I believe that the faithfulness um, that I've tried to live in has led me to where I am today. And so I've always been a local church dude. I still am. And um, that's my priority um, just below my family. My family is my first ministry, but man, being in, in, involved in local church. Uh, that part has never changed and will, will never change. I believe in the local church and always want to be a part of it. I love that. I love it. And so you started worship, leading worship at church. And obviously, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume you had no idea how crazy life would get over the course of the, <laughs> the next 10 years after leading worship, right? Like, was this a, was this a master plan or was this... 
No, definitely not. I didn't even know two years ago what was about to happen, you know? <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's funny because there's like, I definitely did never picture this. Right. Um, but then being in the church, you know, um, you would get words and people would come up to me and and they'd be like, man, I, I just, I feel so strongly God's telling me that like, you're going to write songs one day that are going to travel the nations. And I've heard that so many times and you almost hear it. You get the same word so many times. You're, you're like, a part of me, it, this is, you know, I'm full, either fully convinced or like, um, you know, everybody's crazy. And because right. when you're not seeing it, you know, it's like, what is this? Like, right. it's just are all these people crazy or is like, or God, is this really you? And, and I just, you know, I, I wouldn't talk about it a whole lot. And I, I really, um, kind of felt weird about believing it because I don't even know if that's fully what I wanted, but it spoke to something deep in, inside of me. And, um, it's even hard to talk about, you know, but I definitely didn't see it, but I was, um, because of these words, it's always been in my mind, God, is this going to happen one day? Like, I, I'm not going to like beat the doors down to make it happen. Um, but if, if it's what you have, I mean, that would be really cool. And, right. and not the like standing in front of 30,000 people or whatever it is. Um, and, and, or releasing songs that, that the world gets to hear, but, uh, the influence, I mean, yeah. that is a really special thing to have this level of, of influence um, is something I don't ever want to take for granted. And that, that for sure, I, I never saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you miss about being just a local worship pastor? Like, <laughs> like, like think back to yeah. four years ago, five years ago, what do you miss about those days? Uh, my phone wasn't blowing up um, and I could, I could, <laughs> I could walk through the foyer and kind of choose who I wanted to talk to. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's such an honor to, to now um, have so many conversations with people on a Sunday walking through the foyer. Um, but it's also, you know, I tell myself often, which I learned from one of my pastors in my life, I have to remind myself blessing, not burden, blessing, not a burden. Yeah. And, but a lot of times like, people is what we're called to right ministry yeah. it's all about people but um that is the hardest part of ministry is people and when you have increased influence there's that many more people that want to talk to you and you know it's the beautiful side of that is that it's that many more opportunities to speak into someone's life or for them to speak into mine and so that's beautiful i think that what i miss about um, being more present locally is discipleship. And, um, I never want to lose sight of that. Um, cause that's what I'm called to be in this season. I'm discipling people in a different way than yeah. I ever expected. It's through songs. It's through what I, what I post. And I think what I miss though, most about discipling, uh, you know, Monday through Sunday in a local level is the intimacy in which yeah. I can dive deep with a few. Right. And right now I don't have the luxury of, um, 
of doing that face to face with with many people with the team and so there's just that team aspect my team just looks different right now and yeah. so um i think that's probably what i miss the most is that sense of intimacy and helping uh, a few people around me you know take steps you know a to b and then b to c and yeah. and all of that and so yeah that's so good um, I think, you know, m- our, the majority of our audience is worship leaders and they're, they're leading worship in their local church. And maybe it's their full-time job. Maybe they're bivocational. Maybe they're just volunteer. Um, but they're always, all of us are looking for that moment where we can get a little bit of hope and, and maybe be encouraged. Uh, you posted the other day about um, a moment you had in the UK in 2018 um, yeah. where, where uh, Tim Hughes prophesied over you. Tell us a little bit about that moment yeah easily maybe the top craziest moment of my life one or two top craziest moments i was in so um and you can chop this up if you want but just to tell the full story yeah it's great this 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 guy who uh is you know was a banker in the uk um very wise man you know he i ended up going up to his 70th birthday so i guess at the time he was you know, 68 or something like that. He comes to Seacoast church and he preaches on one of our worship nights once a month called first Wednesday. And, um, we had a little bit of time with the team and him to ask him questions before he preached that night. And I guess he noticed the questions I was asking. Somehow we just kind of have a connection. And after worship that night, um, the service is over and he turns to my pastors and he says, Hey, can Brandon come to dinner with us? No. Like, yeah, of course. So invites me to dinner. We have a nice dinner. And then after he's like, Hey, can you stay back? And I, I have feel like God's speaking to me, um, about you. And I'm like, yeah. And he, he's like, um, begins to, we talk for probably an hour or two hours and he just begins to wow. speak all these things over my life, things he saw in my life. It was the most, one of the most prophetic moments of my life. And, and then I get it. So that ends, it was amazing. Uh, that was on a Wednesday night on Sunday morning, I get a text and he says, can you come to the UK? Um, can you, can you come to London? Um, in two weeks, there's a worship leader conference. I'll take care of it. I just really want to invest in you. And I'm like, okay, this is either the coolest <laughs> thing ever or the weirdest thing ever, right? Yeah, I'm either going to have so a I moment clear- or I'm going to get killed. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, you know, my pastor's I'm like, you trust this guy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I, I clear it with my boss. That's one thing I don't miss about being here all the time is that, you know, you have to clear everything <laughs> with your boss. Right. So I cleared it with her. I, I go over to London and he sends me to to Tim Hughes worship leader conference and it's three days. And there, there was this God appointed, like he set this up, right? So like he, there has to be something he wanted to get me. And not that I didn't already learn some things. It was amazing. So I began to kind of like prophesy over myself during worship that morning. And I was like, or I I don't even know what you call it, but I'm just talking to God. And I'm like, God, you're going to speak to me. You know, almost like, in a dangerously confident way, I'm like, God, you're going to speak to me today in a way I've never felt you or heard you before, you know, like halfway believing it halfway, not just like, what am I doing? And Tim Hughes gets on the stage and begins to prophesy over the worship leaders. And I'm like, yes, get him, God. This is awesome. You know, then he turns around and he points at me 
And I didn't even, I couldn't even believe he remembered my name. But he goes, Brandon. And as soon as he said my name, I felt what I can only describe as a fire lit up in my chest. Wow. And so much so that I yelled out. I'm like, oh. And I bend over and I'm just holding my chest. And it felt like the energy of God was coursing through my chest. It was so crazy. Wow. And, and I mean, it's like, be careful, y'all, what you ask God for, because <laughs> he might just give it to you. And I didn't expect it in that way. And it didn't hurt. It just was overwhelming. And then what was like, I began to bawl my eyes out. And then it turned into like hysterical laughter. I was just so overwhelmed, filled with the joy. And um, I don't even have a charismatic background. And right. I'm like, you know, this, I'm going cray cray. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like full on, you know? Um, and so what he had said though, because I didn't even hear him. They had to tell me because I was so overwhelmed. And he said, Brandon, is, ever since I met you, I knew we we're going to be singing your songs one day. And um, again, a similar word that I'm like not seeing yet, but I'm, but I'm practicing. I've been writing songs for my local church for years, right. but really only that a few thousand people had ever heard. Right. And it's not like they really reached outside the walls of that church. And at the same time, I had been writing music with Maverick City. I just started, mm-hmm. and it was not. It wasn't far from then. Literally within a few months, I had written "This Is a Move," which is probably the first song that really broke out that many people heard. And uh, Tim Hughes texted me one day of him leading that song. Wow. He said, "I told you we would be leading your songs one day." That's amazing, dude! What a yeah. great story. And I think you know. Whatever the whatever the worship leader that's listening right now, whatever the promises that God's put on their life, that's going to happen for them. They may not figure out, they may not know how it's going to happen or the timing that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, you also had a, I, I saw this thing that you said. You were talking about Pastor Greg and Pastor Josh and just the influence that they have in their in your life as a worship leader. Talk to me a little bit about the the necessity to submit to your to your leaders well from a very practical standpoint um uh you know everything really does like flow from the top down and um i've been a very fiery worship leader i'm a very fiery person like passionate yep and i spent way too many years trying to drive um my vision and seeing it not work over mm. and over. And, um, and partly just because I was just passionate and, and very convinced that any idea I had, you know, it was like, as I was learning the voice of God, you know, I wasn't, not all those ideals were from the Lord, you know, they were just like, yep. maybe just myself, selfish right. <laughs> ambition and, you know, and, and thank God that they were so gracious to me in my younger years and still am of leadership. And, but I, I've learned that like I'm here to build their blueprint. And it doesn't mean that I can't influence and have a voice in and help shape it and maybe help it look a little differently than if they were to build it on their own. But ultimately at the end of the day, like God has appointed them to, right. to lead this church. This is the house, this is the the you know, father, if you will, of the house. And and God's given him a vision. And it's really it's my job and my 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 responsibility to help them build that blueprint, not create a different one. Right. And, and so, um, I think the more that I submit to them, 
uh, I, I've learned I gain trust. Um, I, I gain cred- credibility. I, I gain uh, um, uh, more of a voice in how they're leading the church and which way we go. And, and so in a way, selfishly, if you really want, <laughs> you know, if you really want to lead well, it's like, man, like, like help them build like what they feel called to build. Um, and, and I mean, there's just a, obviously it's a very godly principle honor and, yeah. and, uh, to submit. And I want to, um, be a, a great, um, uh, I want to represent Christ well and how I serve, um, the person that I've been called to, to, to be underneath. And, um, you know, I think that, when you when you submit it breeds the opportunity for conversation yep. and like real relationship that out of those relations that out of that relationship out of those conversations come great ideas yep. and um and so man i've just found um i found so much joy and uh so much freedom and as our relationship strengthens, I've noticed that the relationships I have on my team and um, it, it literally floods through yeah. the church. You can tell well, you can really tell when the relationship between uh, the pastor and the worship leader or the pastor and the student director or whatever it is like you can almost tangibly see when that's not strong. You can see it affect that that arm of the ministry. And honestly, the more that our worship team and our worship leadership has gotten on the same page as our pastors, we're able to run faster together. Yeah. Like we're able to go farther together. And that's kind of been the whole motto if, of our church is it's not even built on this one person. Like we're doing this together. And so the more we submit to each other, the more we get accomplished. Yep. And in a health and in a healthy way, you know. And so I think good. a healthy church, a healthy church is maybe um you know, I think I underestimated in my year, early years how valuable that was because there's so many times that I've wanted to jump ship and go to a different church where I could, the worship set was an hour long. Right. You know, I get, mm. we, we do 20, about 24 minutes, 12 minutes up top, 12 minutes in the back. You have no idea how much I wish that was an hour. Right. But I bet if I jumped ship and went to a church where the worship was an hour, there's a good chance i'm not saying it but there's a good chance that maybe that culture isn't as healthy for not only me but my family like right. the worship might be awesome but right. how is like the health of the house and i will take health the health of the house every single time over a personal preference on how worship should go so good that is so good so well said and speaking of health great transition moment you know i just read a, a, a study um, from, I think it was, uh, Harvard business review. They said that the two, um, and the two pillars of our life that are most, have been most attacked since COVID has been marriages and mental health. Wow. Yeah. And obviously it makes total sense. You know, um, yeah. you just released an album a few weeks ago, um, called help. It's awesome record. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it yet, go stream it, right? Pause this. Go listen to it, then come back to this interview so you can get all the gold after this. <laughs> but um, amazing album. And in, in, in the, that project, you wrote a lot about some struggles that you've had with mental health and just some ways that you've overcome some things in mental health. 
What gave you the courage to have some of those conversations? Well, um, you know, I've, I've just, I've realized a lot of the times the things I'm going through, um, almost all the time God wants to use to help someone else. And, um, you know, I actually, years ago, I heard a young leader told me, Hey, pay attention to what God's telling you, because it might not just be for you. It might be for those he's placed around you. And, you know, before I did this help record, I learned a valuable lesson in, um, the record I did for my wife, it's yeah. called Almond Eyes. And I was going to keep that to myself. And then David Leonard, great friend, mentor of mine, uh, you'll probably know Greater You Lord, um, you know, best worship song in the world, basically. <laughs> uh, most tagged, most tagged song in the world. Um, but he he said, Man, why would you why would you not release this? Your marriage is one of the most holy things you could put on display. This yeah. is worship, bro. You know, and I think that gave me the confidence, honestly, through that process to release this one. Um, because I'm thinking for months and months, I'm writing these songs that have to do with, you know, mental health and just processing some of the things I was feeling and thinking. And then I'm in my car, just kind of having quiet time with the Lord and just dreaming. And I felt, I just felt him. I felt the nudge. Mm -hmm. I felt the nudge of God to go. I've given you these songs for a reason. Don't keep them to yourselves. Put them out there. Even if it's just so that my people can hear that, you know, that whole like, you know, me too, man, I'm struggling. Like you felt this way before me too. And it's not even obviously, you know, God, like you're the answer. And I'm going to put that through the songs, but I think people need to hear too, that the realness of, um, I feel like I'm losing my mind, you know? Yep. And, uh, and so I just, you know, I quickly texted my manager and some friends and I'm like, am I crazy to put this out? And every single person was like, now is the time. Now is the time. Like people need it. And um, man, even if it was just for me to get out there and process and like, I think it would have been worth it. But, you know, obviously, like you just said, mental health and marriage is the biggest thing that's being attacked. And if this is one more resource that can help somebody feel seen, valued, loved, and give them the answer against anxiety uh, to remedy uh, the things that are coming against their mind, then like, why wouldn't I release that? You know? Right. Right. And uh, on that project, is there a song that's most that you're, you feel most connected to, or is it, is it the collection that makes you most connected? Um, I think uh don't you give up on me is probably the one that moves me the most um because it's from god's perspective yeah um it's 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 uh him singing that you know like and i think that when i'm under attack uh hearing his voice over mine is probably more healthy and hearing his voice and what yeah. he says is probably one of the most powerful things so i think for me like um, that's the more, the most special song for me personally and the one that I like the most, but I'm really, I use this album also as a, as a, an experiment sonically to put out songs that sound very different from each other and that express a different, uh, part of my voice. Mm -hmm. And I really love like all kinds of music and I love singing in my falsetto. I love 
screaming my head off, you know, right. uh, obviously if you've heard any of my songs with elevation, you know, um, <laughs> but I love to yell. Um, and there's songs on there like Pharaoh, let my people go that I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you know, declaring freedom over people. And I'm basically, you know, screaming my head off. And, uh, there's even the last word I sing on that song. It's like borderline screamo music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's stuff on there that's like so soothing. It's great for your quiet time with the Lord. And so I think I'm really proud of the collection of it and excited to see, uh, it's been really cool to see how people connect with the, you know, the different expressions. And I don't want to ever just stick to one lane and one expression. Like there's so many different words for praise and worship Hebrew words for praise and worship. And man, I want to like operate in all of them, you know? Right. So for this totally. record, I feel like you get this shout, you get the reflective, you get the, you know, reverence and you get the uh, victory sound and, and all of that stuff, you know? Love it. Love it. So good. So what, uh, last question, because I know you got to run and, and, you know, our listeners probably do too. I could talk to you all day, but um, what, no, what a I lot love of this, dude, I love it. What hey, a lot y'all of... need to know too. Steven, Steven is my man, bro. I've looked up to you um, for years and you have oh. been the biggest encourager to me. Every time I see you, I leave better. I feel filled up. I feel like, oh my gosh, okay, I should be doing this. I can keep going. And let me tell for anyone listening, Man, if you get anything from this, surround yourself with people who do just that, Yeah, who pull the best out of you. They pour gasoline on the fire. Um, people also who you can trust to be like, you know, hey, like, are you doing okay right here? And hey, let's talk about this. Like, you yeah. know, man, I the more, the crazier that the world gets, the more you need these kind of people in your life. And listen, if you're in ministry, regardless of what size church you're leading, regardless of what size team you're leading, people are messy. Ministry is messy. Yep. But you, so you really, really need people that um, you can go deep with and be honest with. And that is where mental health will be a major issue for you if you do not yep. have people you can be honest with. And so, man, get Stevens in your life. Oh, Let me tell you that. So kind, man. Thank you. I did not pay Brandon to say that, but thank you so much. It's <laughs> so kind. I remember the first time we met, we were at like this pastor's retreat thing in like the middle of nowhere, Colorado. And, uh, yep. I, and, and I didn't, I, at that point I, I had heard of like you, but I didn't, we didn't know each other yet. And we got to hang out a couple, a couple hours there. And I was like, this is my dude, man. I I I, I can buy mm-hmm. with this guy, and so it's been fun to, to just watch what God's done since then. But okay, last question. Now that you got me blushing, um, what <laughs> what a lot of people don't know about you, maybe, is that you actually design a lot of your own merch. So you're not just a songwriter. You're not just a worship leader. You're not just an amazing vocalist, an amazing musician. But you actually are a designer as well. Was that a hobby that turned into something a little bit more? Is it something you do just for fun? And maybe I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Maybe you're gonna make me cut this out of the interview. I don't know. But, no, 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 not at all. Not but at all. I remember uh, I was sitting yeah. in that in the coffee shop in Franklin, and you were showing me designs, and I was like, "These are dope, so dope." So I want people to know that you you're the 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 mastermind behind the whole brand, not just the the sonic part of the brand. Yeah, well, I'm working on it. Um, basically, 
um, let's be honest, it started out as like, gosh, I can't pay somebody every single time I want a t-shirt <laughs> done. And I'm like, how do I? And honestly, people have asked me like, what would you do if you weren't doing music? Right. You know, um, and one of my, one of my answers would be graphic design. And I really don't know how to do it. Um, but I just, I've always been drawn to design. I've, you know, every church job I've had, I always am going over to the graphic artist, um, computer and, you know, peering in on right. what they're working on. Like, I just, I love it. I love creating in all forms. And right. it's just, it's like a drug. It's like a drug to me. It's like songwriting. When you get that perfect, um, line matched with the perfect melody it's like a drug to me right and so i think creating something on my ipad is kind of in this season where um i'm surrounded by music and i'm i'm constantly kind of on the go or working on things it has been it's just become like fun for me and refueling for me um refreshing for me to just create in a different form different art form and so, you know, obviously I have these songs to play off of. And so I'll just sit there for a few hours and just think of ideas. And um, this, you know, a lot of this next merch that's coming out, I've now like some of it I've designed, some of it I've worked with a designer to do the things that I can't do, but I'm telling him the ideas I kind of want. Right. And it's just been so fun for me. You know, I came out with a graze and a gardens tea and I just drew the skull with flowers, like real kind of um, simple yeah. pop art, you know, um, hand-drawn type thing. And, and then I drew this sketch, this big old, uh, tiger head. Um, and it just says Lake on it. And they're just things I like creating things that I want to wear. Right. Um, and that I think are cool. And I think this might be a word for somebody. I think we get so consumed with what do people want? Um, what are people looking for from me that we kind of lose the the passion to just create right. what we want to and i've learned so much and this is for writing or creating a t-shirt like just to follow the feeling like pastor stephen Furtick has taught me and it's not super spiritual but maybe it's super spiritual um to follow the feeling it's probably very similar to just being led by the spirit right it's like i think god god is in the things that make my heart come alive um make my eyes light up. And so when I'm, whether I'm writing a song and I'm like, let's chase this. I don't know if that's corporate. I don't know if people can connect to this, but something's telling me to chase this rabbit. Most of the time, that is exactly what you end up creating or what you end up, um, you know, writing is exactly what people need. There's a reason why you're drawn to do that. And so I would just encourage anybody who's kind of in the same world, whether it's creating merch or if it's writing songs it's like follow the feeling don't try don't let your editing brain come in too early just have like there's green light thinking and then there's like yellow maybe light thinking. i heard somebody say something like that like don't let your editing time sneak into green light thinking time it's like go like set a time where you're just creating don't edit it don't try to figure it out right just create it and uh, I think we need more of that. And I think the expression, the music expression of worship will evolve and we'll have more, it'll become more vast. And then clothing, you know, it's yeah. it will look, like the biggest thing I've told my team is the last thing I want to put out is a shirt that people look at and go, oh, I think the church, that looks like church merch. <laughs> I right. don't want to do that. No. You know? 
And so you've got to chase something new. You got to follow the feeling. And, and, um, even if it's like, I don't know if this has been done and this makes me really, really nervous. And this could be, everyone could hate this. Well, so what? There's probably a reason why you're drawn to it. People are going to love it too. And you're going to, you can totally challenge my theology on this because I am not a theologian, but I'm, I, I am so passionate about creatives and creativity and, and just what God's doing through the church and what he's done historically through the church. And the truth is, you said something at the beginning of, of that answer about making what you want, not what people need or what, not what you think people need or want. And, and I think, you know, in the Bible, the psalmists always went first and they, there was a prophetic edge to that. I think if the Bible was written today, it would be the creatives went first and there was a prophetic edge to that, you know? And I think that our job as, as the creative class, the creative community is to bring to people a fresh iteration of what God's saying that they don't expect and that they don't anticipate. And you, you know, this, I mean, you've seen this even with some of your songs, the songs that people are the most scared about when they first hear it usually are the ones that end up being like the most like influential. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember when people started hearing rattle, they were like, what is this? Like, there's no way that people are going to sing this in church. And then I just saw this video like two nights ago of like this, like old school, all white Baptist church. It looked like the median age in that room was 70 years old and they were singing rattle. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Oh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you told us I've gotten a few of those videos, I don't think I got that one. You have to send me that. I'll find it. Yeah. Um, but there have probably been a good five or six text messages back and forth between, you know, Chris, Pastor Steven, and I, where we were sending each other texts about this song that's just like, what in the world did you ever, could you ever have imagined that this song would have taken? And bro, that is, bro, that is such a perfect example of we did not overly consume ourselves with how people were going to re- receive it. We knew the way it made us feel. And you know what? Yeah. Some people out there in the congregation are just like us. And so there's something to that. If it's making me want to scream it and declare, um, you know, uh, to live, I think it's probably like, it may take some time. It may take there. There's early adopters and there's, you know, late adopters. And, but it's really been beautiful to watch something fresh and different. And that I never would have put my money on that. It would have been sung by anyone except for elevation. Yep. It's been really cool to be proven wrong. Yeah, so awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you for your time today. I mean, I'm so proud of you as a friend, but I'm so thankful for you as just someone who loves worship music that you've been willing to chase chase some of those scary things and confront Mm -hmm. issues that maybe other people are a little afraid to write about and that you're just always so willing to to help the local church. And I love, no no matter where you are or what you're talking about, the local church always comes back into that conversation and that's a really true testament to your heart. And, and so, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for taking time to speak to our audience today. Oh man. It's my honor. My pleasure. Love you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Man, I hope you were as encouraged by that conversation as I was. It was so fun to hear Brandon talk about, um, one of the things he said, show up and give God your best. And I think a lot of times, probably in serving your local church, there's days you don't want to show up and give your lo- your best. There's maybe days that you show up and go, man, do I have to do this again? And I just want to encourage you, show up and give your best. 
all the time we can kind of get confused with the idea that we're responsible for the result and the truth is we're responsible for showing up for stewardship and for the energy and availability that we bring to the moment if we do that god's responsible for the result what an amazing word i, I also love that he talked about people being a blessing not a burden and and i think a lot of times you know church work can sometimes get difficult and i just want you to remember it's a blessing to get to serve your local community hope you guys had a much fun listening to that conversation as i had having it if you enjoyed today's podcast or if it mattered to you at all i would love for you to share it with just one person is there one person you could text this to and say check out this podcast today or if you met if you post it on social media please make sure you tag us it would mean the world to us thanks so much and we will see you again next week